Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 52, The History of Minecraft, uh, with me, George, and as always joined by Tom, Steve, to my pet peeve. How's it going? Hey, mate. I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, we've got the Minecraft feature coming up, which um, I think you're very excited to deliver because you're currently a, a big fan of that. Uh, we're going to sort of uh, go over what we've got coming up on the rest of the show, as we usually do. Uh, of course we are. Excited. I don't know why you grabbed the wheel. Let me wrestle it fondly because yeah. you've uh, took know, us down a dead to... end, as usual. <laughs> Let me just engage reverse. Here we go. Now, we're going to start off with some news. Uh, what we got coming up in the news, Tom? Don't just say our oh, stuff for all formats because you wrote it this week, oh, Nigel Newshound over there. So what's <laughs> coming up? Well, Xbox fans, you want to stick around because we've got all the sort of info from the Inside Xbox event focusing Fantastic. on next gen. Okay. Uh, we've got some Last of Us news. All right, and let's not blow the doors off it yet. No, then we'll, we slip we'll into the, the feature which uh, you were so excited about. Your uh, your jaw fell off in the intro, which is great. So we've got that wired back on. Uh, and then the features of the history of Minecraft, I nearly forgot. Then we've got the new release highlights, so everyone listening can go, oh, yeah, they said that game was okay. I'll go download it with my hard-earned money. And then we end with me asking you what you're hoping to play, and we start the show. Others, get the Mad Cat's wheel up on the table, lock it down, hold on tight. Tom, what have you been playing? This week I've been playing Streets of Rage 4, the long-awaited return to the classic series. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. I've played it through multiple times. Uh, last night, me and a friend of mine, we uh, beat Mania mode. Well, I didn't beat the whole thing. This completed one level for the trophy, but one one stage is hard enough on that mode. It is crazy. Um took us quite a few attempts to do that. What You've level really did got... you pick to use for that one? You have to do stage one, I believe, um, unless you play it through in arcade mode, but I think you've got to play it through in order. And the thing is, stage one is quite a long stage because yeah. I do find the stages vary in length. Like some can be three or four areas, others can be five or six areas. It gets, um, obviously, it's one of the harder ones in terms of how long it is so you've got to make those lives last so you get one life and then you zero life and there's not much health kicking around either uh, we did that through with uh, Axel and Adam found a good combination there, They're both fairly well balanced characters um, brief like spoilers, most of you have played it through now um, so if you haven't turn off now just for a minute uh, so Max from Streets of Rage 2 and Shiva are also featured in the campaign of Streets of Rage 4 and it seems strange that they haven't included them in their new skins like mm. their, their uh, Streets of Rage 4 graphic style because they've got it appears to that they've got a f quite a few of their movesets so whether the, the team just didn't quite get time to finish them and put them in or if they're going to be DLC. But I'd be keen for both of those to have that graphic upgrade, maybe even release it as a pack and chuck Skate in there and the Rue, because he's behind the bar, so they've obviously done a style for him ready. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think playing it through on easy, it was good just to see the game and the, the art style and the 
different characters and the the um, over the top bosses. But playing it through in hard or mania just gives it that really tough challenge of one more go type thing, especially playing. Have you co-op finished with it on a friend? Hard? No, um, we're just. I think we're going to try mania mode and keep battling through some of the stages, and then try just like an arcade playthrough. Because the arcade playthrough's got to be like it was done originally on the Mega Drive on one set of lives. Because at the minute now, you complete a stage and then that stage is done forever. So you can start from like stage two, stage three, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I recommend picking that up if you're a fan of the originals. Yeah, but I'm sure I most of you it. already have. Played through with the boy on uh, normal mode. Um, but because yeah. we played it through co op, no trophy for finishing the game. I think that's really harsh. Did you not get the ones for the characters either? Yeah, I think you it. get the ones for like beating Mr. X and, and Mrs. Y or whatever her name is or whatever they yeah. were called. So you, you get the chapter trophies, but you don't get the actual difficulty trophies. Oh, uh, okay. Um, which I was dis- very disappointed by. And what else have you been playing? Uh, sorry, just briefly. So um, I was wondering if you finish it on Mania mode, whether you get like all the trophies for all the different difficulties. Because I know a lot of games obviously do that because you basically finished the hardest setting there is. But we'll see. I don't know if that'll ever happen anyway. Um, Find out, won't we? Yeah. I've been continuing my playthrough of The Last of Us. All right. uh, In in anticipation for The Last of Us 2. Really enjoying that again. Um, More so in a way. I think it really stands the test of time. Obviously, it is a slight remaster. Um, I know there's not a a lot of talk about current gen graphics actually being uh, not far behind what we've seen of next gen so with uh, with what we've seen this week and uh, I think Last of Us really proves that point uh, I think it's not going to be until the sequel that we see that massive leap on the PlayStation uh, so yeah enjoyed okay. that uh, I'd probably I think if they'd made Last of Us 2 I mean, Last of Us is that remaster is just basically a high res PS3 game. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and to to say that and look how well it stacks up against the the uh, sort of cream of the crop on the PS4, it, it still looks really good. Hmm. I know, obviously, it's um, it's not an open world game, so it's it's a bit easier to do linear stuff, I think, and do more with it and make it look better. But uh, yeah, overall, a, a very Impressive game. Uh, a few games on Warzone, on Call of Duty, and that's about it. How far are you through Last of Us then? I've just done the bit with Bill, the guy who has, like, he, he lives like a bit of a hermit in the town. He's got loads of traps everywhere. And he's just, <laughs> yeah. helped, us, helped, he's just helped us escape in the car where you have to, like, bump start it, which was quite cool. Yeah. I forgot how good that bit was where you sort of bump starting it with Ellie driving. And uh, yeah. Really yeah, that good. Was a, that was a cool section. Okay. See, the, the, I think Uncharted is like the Indiana Jones Saturday afternoon action film. I liken it more and, to Romance in the Stone Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, good uh, good comparison. Um, I think Last of Us is more like the, the late night horror film, uh, the bigger boys game. But... Um, yeah, I think there's good things about both. So oh, but good. We'll, we'll save that for another chat. What have you been playing? 
Well, much to your disgust on a gaming podcast, pull up a chair because I've played some games, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I'll rattle through them quickly because um, there's a variety. Obviously, I've been playing Streets of Rage 4, but uh, I don't think you want to hear me talk about that. Obviously, I've been playing Minecraft on the stream, but you've probably already watched over 20 hours of footage of me playing that game, so you don't need <laughs> me to talk about that, apart from to say it's still an absolute joy to play. Um might start trying to nibble into some of the end game stuff over the coming week. Uh, been playing, got uh, inspired by Streets of Rage Four. I, um, I've had my Sega collection in storage for quite some time, and we've had some spare time, and I've got some spare room, so we set up a little rack, uh, a little retro rack in the corner, me and the boy, and it was first of all to sort of look at Streets of Rage. One and two, which we did, yeah. and we had a quick play. And it, yeah. uh, how did how did that go down with after after him playing through four? Plays just the same, Dad. Yeah, it's true. So he was happy, which um, we might uh, dig into those a bit deeper this weekend. Um, the game that's took over most of our time, though, the one that we've fallen in love with, NBA Jam. Great game. Yeah, is that three v three? Two v two. Uh, 2v2 yeah it's uh, great that good. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 had a little play with that uh, which you know which was enjoyable got the move set up on our phones so we could you know implement some of the moves while we fought you know the teleport Raiden and the Mega Drive move sets are there on just very small sheets that you can flick through so you can pick your character and do the fatalities and stuff and that's that yeah. to be fair stands up pretty well Obviously, the characters are smaller than the arcade, but on a CRT, yeah. they look great because we've got the CRT mm-hmm. out as well. Uh, Rebel Assault is a game that I've found a very soft spot for on the Mega CD. It's like a, it's an on-rail shooter at, um, to explain it at its best, but it's, um, I don't know, it's got a charm to it. The voice acting's quite cool. It's very sort of, pre-prequel idea of what the Star Wars universe was. Am I uh, right in thinking there's like um, interactive sort of FMV scenes where they fuse like almost a bit like more co- how they made the characters in Mortal Kombat? Mm, Am I thinking on the right game? I think well, I think Rebel Assault 2 is more like that. Uh, uh, that's the one I played at Other Cousins. Yeah, on PS1. On the PC. Uh, PC, I think. Yeah, it, was. it on the PC. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, there's another one, Tom Cali, which is basically an interactive FMV game. You have to yeah. select the right things at the right time, else it's game over, which is absolutely mm-hmm. brutal. I uh, first put it on, and, and I was looking at it, and it was like, when your wingman calls on the radio, select radio. It's like, there's nothing here to me that says radio <laughs> at all. And yeah. I think it was about fourth attempt. I finally worked out like, all oh, right, okay, I'll click on that. And then, and then basically, I'm on your wing. As if I can't see that. Uh, you can't really look around the plane. You're basically looking forward. And every time you select something, it it cuts to a different scene on the track of an F-14 executing a turn or firing a missile. It's Nowadays, it's probably very, very archaic. But I can imagine at the time it, seeming deeper than it was uh, if that makes sense um, but certainly yeah. frustrating to be fair um, 
Terminator 2 arcade game with the Menacer. Ah, uh, oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I had to. I had to take the Menacer apart and just fiddle with the battery um, springs because they'd got sort of shrunk over time. Uh, yeah, and they weren't, you know, fully connecting the batteries. But once I'd done that and rebuilt it all, it was, it was fine. Terminator 2 arcade. Not quite the 32-bit, or maybe whatever it is, powerhouse in the arcade. So it is a little bit of a a 16-bit <laughs> nod uh, to what the arcade was. But the spirits there, uh, the Menacer performed flawlessly, to be fair. When I've used it before, it's been a little bit... I remember it being a bit wonky and not really working, but this time it was absolutely flawless. So I was made up with that. Mm-hmm. On the note of uh, light gun games, also got out Virtua Cop 2. Now, I've got a, I think it's a proper satin gun, and I've also got a sort of, um, now, I remember I had this one for the PS1 back in the day, but it's a PS1 light gun that's got the satin connection on the side as well. So we were able yeah. to do two-player Virtua Cop 2, which was an absolute oh, wow. hoot, I have to admit. That was absolutely... Uh, in my opinion, it was close enough to the arcade for it to be just a pure joy. It's a harder game than I remember, though. But to be fair, uh, we had a blast. And then yeah, to, they were designed uh, to take money, was it? They, they were designed to pull the very coin out your pocket like a magnet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, uh, and just to finish off before I launch forward into the future. Um, as I was pulling it all out, I found the Game Gear and I slapped in Robocop versus Terminator on the Game Gear. Actually, pretty good port of that. Um, obviously, it's missing some of the fundamentals, but when you explode people, the gore goes everywhere. You look yeah. like Robocop. He's got his animations in. For one, you know, for a want of a, uh, you know, 16-bit, it looks great, but 8-bit, I was very impressed with the handling of that port. I thought they'd done a great job for what it was. Sega doing the switch all the way back in the early nineties, you know, with the Nomad what, 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 and the Game Gear. What console did you own in the nineties? <clears throat> I had a SNES. Yeah. Well, let me tell you the brutal story of that. I want. We told you this last week, listeners. <laughs> I wanted a Mega Drive, but when <laughs> Mum and Dad came home, like I said, they bought me an Atari ST. They bought me a Vic Twenty. Bought me a Vic-20, should have got me a Spectrum. Bought me an Atari ST, should have got me an Amiga. They went down the shop, 4-1, and They went, no, wait, what's the most powerful games console? It's this, it's the SNES. So when I opened it, I'm not, I'm not unlike you. I'm not a complete diva. Obviously, you're playing your heel character very, very skillfully here. Uh, I was like, oh, thanks, <laughs> Mum and Dad. Great, the most powerful console you can get. But as I said, there was that little bit of cool factor in the background that made me want, there's always made me want the Sega gear. I'll scratch that itch now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I could have set the SNES up. I could have set the SNES up this weekend. And what did I choose to set up? Sega Stack. Sega Stack, yeah. I think, it, uh, is the SNES more expensive to collect for with the boxes being harder to keep in decent condition? Or is that uh, just a... Yeah, I think it is, to be fair. I wouldn't... And the Nintendo premium that we see on most of their retro yeah. stuff. It's Nintendo, so it must be worth £4,000. Uh, yeah. To be honest, if if I see a SNES cart loose, I'll pick it up. I'm not bothered about the box. But on the Mega Drive, 
99% you're going to get the box as well in pretty good condition. So fair play. Yeah. And with a little bit of pledge, they clean up an absolute perler. Before I move on, before we wheel in the news, before you attach your shirt and tie, uh, <laughs> played a little bit of Metropolis Street Racer on the Dreamcast, you know. That game still holds up. It's an absolute joy. Absolute joy. From the radios to the car selection to the earning of kudos to the... Oh, wait, hang on a minute. I'll just have one more go. That game, peerless in its execution, especially at that in that era, peerless. I think because I think because the Dreamcast had so many arcadey style games, that's why it holds up as a still still a really fun console to play. Yeah, I mean I think, MSR I think, leans I think towards if, more sim style gameplay, but I mean, wow. I think if you went back to the PS2 and the the GameCube, I don't know whether you'd have that same sort of pick up and play. Um, there, there, there are games like Crazy Taxi, terrible on the PlayStation controller. I think the Dreamcast pad was obviously, or Crazy Taxi was designed for the Dreamcast pad. I don't think it transfers well to the PS One. Um, just simple stuff like that. I think uh, the Dreamcast is very much pick up and play arcade console, um, and yeah, I got mine obviously later, a lot later when it was like very cheap, as we've just discussed before. And I think I thought this is a great, great machine. He's grinning. He's uh, grinning. He loves to hear good words about his beloved Sega. Well, I was just looking at the sun glinting in through the uh, New York loft apartment that you've held up, hold yourself up in. Uh, and I just saw the Mega Drive Mini atop the uh, game collection there. <laughs> I bought it for the box. Looks great. <laughs> what's that? What's that Switch game you've got next to it? Uh, it's a uh, 30th Mario Anniversary Amiibo. Oh, ah, right. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd keep that one boxed. Not that it'll be worth any more than about 50p, I think, but there you go. And I've got right, an original amiibos, game. Uh, come the uh, oncoming apocalypse, Tom, we'll be paying each other in Amiibos. Maybe. Uh, I've got the wife's original Game Boy up there as well. Wow. A copy of Super Mario Land 2. That's what you married her for? <clears throat> it is. <laughs> Good taste. Tom, yeah, um, have we talked enough about games? I think we have. Is it time for the news? It is. We've I'll scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, first bit of news, Tom, it's Boba Loba's birthday. It is. Happy birthday, is. Boba Loba. Thank you for all you do in the community. Thank you for being yeah. a thoroughly good chap. And I Thanks, hope man. that, uh, I hope Toxis, AKA Donna is, uh, kind to you and she brings you, uh, multiple geek related gifts. Uh, not gifts, not streaming little one-second clips. I'm talking gifts with a T in it. Um, <laughs> his whole family very supporters, supportive of everything we do. Tom, very, very, uh, very loyal member of the community. Yeah, um, if you want to be part of that community, um, George, how can they? Uh, how can they do that? Well, you know, 
you can there's many many ways to access our content so once a week we produce a weekly podcast at the moment we're doing various streams of games but at the moment we're focusing on minecraft and we seem to be the place that people sit down on the sofa with a tray tom and their food on it for a tray tea in front of the evening uh, entertainment which is which is me or you that's uh, well well this is where phil the producer and me are getting a little bit itchy feet we're, what we're, so we're, i'm like the yeah, i was gonna say michael barrymore we're, we're, but that's got too many dark connotations so i'm like the bruce forsyth of the unofficial yeah, controller we're, podcast we've, we've wheeled you out for some saturday night entertainment and it's going well so we we just want to keep plugging you along just like brucey kept wheeling him out into his 80s yeah that is your that is your career path now that's that what right? Phil the producer okay. told well, me. Yeah. If if they like what they see, either on the hourly show or the stream or whatever, uh, which is on YouTube, and this is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Alexa, all that jazz, uh, they can go on the social media, Twitter and Instagram. Other social medias don't exist, Tom. They just don't exist. <laughs> and they can access through there. There's a link tree that takes you to our YouTube page, to our all the aforementioned uh, podcast links and also takes them to our Discord channel where the community waits with bated breath for new members like a father at a maternity suite with a cigar, <laughs> flowers and a big smile on his face. So I was going to uh, say it was more, um, more Mad Max Thunderdome where they, they get the two newest entrants and, and watch them fight, but it's not all that bad. It's not like that at all. Don't paint that picture. Goodness sake. <laughs> we've got the we've probably got the most welcoming and open community in, yes, on the we internet. Have. Full stop. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, welcome arms and cotton wool, friendly smiles, a uh, little bit of banter once you get your feet under the table. But uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're not on the Discord. There's plenty of you that are. Why don't you just make that lazy little click on Insta, make that second lazy little click, because if you're listening to this, there's a really strong chance, super strong chance, you've got a smartphone, right? Samsung, iPhone, Huawei, the Chinese spy network, whatever it is that you've got, you're two clicks away from joining a great community. So if every single person that listens, Tom, went in the Discord, my goodness, we'd be swamped. We certainly would. Uh, which would be uh, a very welcoming. And here's a note. And if you, this is your first ever podcast, because you've been like, oh, uh, you know, Mumsy lets me watch him on the YouTube, or, or you know, I watch, listen to George and Tom on the YouTube, and now I want to check out our show. If this is the first episode you've joined us for, Thank you. Also on there as well, you're going to find like people with a lot of gaming knowledge and also some great content providers. We've got Downright Square. Yeah. Uh, we've got Comic Pictures. Uh, we've got Mark XBM Garage Network. Mark Garage Gamers. Network. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, it's Harvey. very Xbox heavy. So if you're a PlayStation fan, 
uh, and you want to represent your favourite brand, you ought to wade into our community just to balance up the uh, scales a little bit. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we want. We've got we the world's most famous gaming toddler, Game Boy Matty. <laughs> we have. At least his parent, but you know, one of them, one of that trifecta. We've, we've got is the. We've got the horror film guru, Harvey Retro. And Enigmatic Productions, yes, we have. Yeah. Don't forget, Tom, we saved the best till last because God himself resides on the Discord. Chronicles of a Gamer, a.k.a. Bobby's World Podcast. He said some sweet... It's almost like he's got such a great uh, voice... And he said some very sweet things about my Minecraft stream, uh, which I didn't expect from a hardcore gamer. And uh, it was like someone had laid me down, put a small funnel into my ear, and poured warm honey straight into my earlobe. It was absolutely joyous. He's a very, very kind man, so thank you for that. You're getting quite the ego with this stream. I reckon there's a new ego in town. (laughs) Your ego's visible from space. My this ego's stu- visible this, this from about two inches not- from your face. So there you this, go. <laughs> this modest studio that we can scrape together enough money to uh, afford is, is definitely not big enough for two egos of that size. No, well, let's hope the uh, corona pandemic stays on a little bit longer so one of us can get our <laughs> egos deflated to allow us both to exist in Phil's back studio. Um, right. I think we've waffled enough, haven't we, about self-promotion? I think that uh, that was a very, very brutal and uh, egotistical self-promotional uh, thing. Off the back of Boba Loba's birthday as well. We totally railroaded yeah, no, that, didn't we? Yeah, Let's just have a moment did. of silence. Happy birthday, Boba Loba. Let's enjoy that moment. Let it circle. It's all about the Boba Loba now. He's supping his rum. He's, he's, you know, I don't know what's going on in his life right now, but it's not far off his birthday or it is his birthday. Maybe we'll try and get this episode out today, Saturday, for his birthday. How's that feel? This is you, for yes. him. Yes. Feels like you're over time now. You've promised that. Boba now you've promised it. It's got to happen. All right. And I'll also, I'll give him a stream as well today. Make him feel happy. 5.15. Be there or be... Not on Boba Loba's Christmas card list. <laughs> anyway, right. have, we, have we honoured the great man enough now? We have. If you're happy, I'm happy. First bit of news, what we got? The first of us. Naughty Dog has confirmed the much-anticipated Last of Us Part 2 has gone gold this week. Uh, they also released a very epic new story trailer to coincide with this. George, what did you think to the trailer? Um, interesting. Uh, graphically, it's looking strong. Uh, didn't really pick much story news out from what was there. Obviously, it was a mishmash yeah. of uh, little scenes from all over the game, I'd imagine. Um, probably on purpose to try and mix up and confuse us as to what yeah. the actual story of the game is, uh, whether Joel's involved or not. Uh, to a to a lesser or greater degree, um, maybe what this whole 
maybe what seems like a revenge arc is actually all about. Um, I, you know, it, it, it built excitement. I wasn't as excited as I thought I was going to be. I am going into this Last of Us 2 launch, and I did upgrade. I got an email from Amazon saying, oh, you're, you're worthy of the Steelbook, George. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, fine. I'll, do you want to upgrade? So I, I went down the up, upgrade path to get myself the limited edition Steelbook for, Ooh. you know. Could you very very Phil, uh, Philly? How much is he getting paid? How much? All right, all right. Okay, have your steel book then. Have your steel book. Phil book made the zero mark. I don't know how you got money from that because you're actually the one who draws. There was a lot of there was there was a lot of zeros in front of that. Anyway, there's a lot um, of zeros I'm, in I'm, front of a zero, Tom. I, I know I know you struggle with this, mate, but that's still zero. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving me different signs I'm telling you anyway he? I think um, <laughs> I think I'm glad to hear you like it you pre-ordered it I think it's going to be really good um, leaks aside I'm even more excited to play it and I haven't seen I any leaks be awesome. I've done well to avoid them yeah um, again listeners careful if you view that trailer don't go in the comment section it's believe me it's not worth it um and just en- enjoy the game when it comes out on the 19th. Look, really looking forward to playing that one through. Next bit of news. A collective yeah. of greatness. Xbox have announced that they have over 140 studios working on next-gen titles with hundreds of games in the works. This week also saw the Inside Xbox event, which focused on our first look at next-gen gameplay running on the Series X hardware. Some of these titles are exclusive to the new Xbox, but some will also be on the PS5. Some great footage was shown of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but a lot of fans are annoyed it appeared, and it was not direct out of the game footage. Um, Time for us to discuss the things that were shown, Tom. Scorn, Yakuza Like a Dragon, how dare, how dare Sega. (laughs) One of the only reasons to own a PlayStation ruined the list of reasons to own a PlayStation getting smaller uh, by the day. Extinction Level 2, a bizarre dinosaur shooty game, uh, which looked more like Primal Rage. I'm joking. Calm down. Calm down. Save your salty eye for someone else. I'm only playing. Bright Memory Infinite, and uh, that's made by the team who bring out the Huawei phone. The Medium, a psychological horror also coming to Game Pass. Uh, there were there were a few more, but um, again, these are the ones we've kind of focused on that caught our attention. Yeah, was it that uh, dirt dirt game I saw? Yeah, I dirt, tuned dirt, in for that. Dirt five. Um, it did look impressive. I've, oh, I I forgot to mention I played a bit of dirt too. Why can't three. I hear you? What have you done with your headset, you donkey? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're just a little quieter than you were. You were loud, okay. and now you're not. Okay, how's that? Okay. It's no different. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I think uh, the games we've got there, we've listed, there were more, but we sort of focused on these ones. Extinction Level 2, I really like the look of that. It looks like a four-player sort of co-op dealing with waves of dinosaurs. And, um, yeah, I just thought that could be really interesting. Um Turok gameplay come to mind when I saw it. Yeah, the bright, the bright memory infinite. This was one that I kind of looked at and thought that's one that actually looks legit 
next gen. And then I learned it was developed by one person, uh, which was a which was a surprise. It's a first person shooter, and it has like elements of like melee combat in it as well. So um, yeah, very fast paced action game. The medium. Uh, watch the trailer for that. It looks very spooky, but couldn't really tell what they were going for uh, with that. It's obviously going to be very psychological, um, maybe to do with trauma of, of losing a child or something along those lines, but couldn't really work everything out from the small teaser trailer. Scorn looks really good. I know that's an Xbox exclusive uh, graphically. Uh, again, it isn't. It's very much a teaser but trailer. Putting Yakuza in there, it just I felt that felt a little cheeky. I have to admit. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that more people get to enjoy it, and uh, uh, but you know, one wonders it's, if that was a barbed inclusion. It's like a dragon. Is that the RPG one they've got coming out where it's turn based? Yeah. Ah. Okay. And um, finishing off with Assassin's... Well, I didn't... The, the event didn't finish off with Valhalla, but we'll just discuss it briefly. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I thought... It's very hard to tell if that is, like, lifted gameplay. Um, obviously I think that up. more than the trailer, that did showcase that it was very much a normal Assassin's Creed game. They're, like, sort of Dr. Shaw, and everyone was sort of very slowly getting off the boat, yet the main character <laughs> ran in to seemingly probably take the village all on his own, which yeah, uh, I know they've said it's a return to form. The Hidden Blade is back. Stealth kills are back. All the sort of hood up, in cover, walking in crowds, you know, yeah. issue hidden is a return to the traditional Assassin's Creed, maybe mixed in with the more open world of the last two games, Odyssey and Origins. Um as a new, uh, newly found Creed fan beyond the first game, which I've always been a big fan of, as we've talked about. Um, there's a show, you know, History of Assassin's Creed. Anyway, um, what do I think about it? I'm probably a little bit too creeded out to have an opinion at the moment. I don't want to upset I, people. I, I mean, knowing what you're like with your history and stuff, how do you feel about being able to explore like ancient Britain? Sure, that, that to me has got me excited, and I, I'm not usually um, into Assassin's Creed. Again, I, I'm I'm up for it, but if it's just Assassin's Creed Black Flag with an HD engine dropped on top of it, and you know, because they talk about upgrading the economy, well, you could do that in Assassin's Creed Two if you remember at uh, Montenegro when you when you bought the barbers and you you bought the tailors and you bought the bank and you bought the uh, art merchant and stuff like that. Is yeah. it is it going to be as surface level as that, or are you know this is what I'm worried about? It, if it if it's a cross between that and the shop interactions that you have in um, Red Dead my interest is starting to peak a little bit. If it's basically just a reskin of four, uh, as flashy as it's going to look, I don't know if I've got the patience to go through all that again. I think if it's, um, it's because probably going to, for those, in- for those eagle eyed, eagle eared listeners, syndicates on the scrap heap right now. Ah, okay. Well, it, May end up being a launch game, obviously cross-gen, 
also available on the older gen. Yeah. Uh, for the new consoles, I think I'd still wait for a review before I pick it up, or just to see what the general the the general gist of it is. I do find them to be very buggy and sort of. I think the last thing you want when you kick up a new console and ship up all that money for it is like a glitchy Ubisoft game. Yeah. And that's not being brutal well, to them because they we, we've discussed before they work in quite strict time constraints. I think to get out a regular title in certain series every year or every couple of years. Yeah, I'm more interested by their um, Gods and Monsters game that was originally due out this year, but I think it's going to be late this year or early next year. Yeah. So I think I'm actually more interested in that. But okay. uh, yeah. Think, what about um, the what about the scalable tech? Because I think more and more details coming through about there being obviously the yeah. Xbox Series X, but then there's the Xbox Series S, and these games are still going to be compatible with the Xbox One X as well. So I uh, think they're going for a different approach, aren't they? With like this family of consoles, and it's kind of I really like the idea that they're opening it up to everyone who can afford what they can afford. Like it's going to be nice to know. As an Xbox fan, you're going to be able to play Halo Infinite whether you own the next-gen console or not. It's just not going to look quite as good, but to a lot of people it doesn't matter because this gen still looks really good, especially if you're running a sort of 4K TV and things. So I think that's a nice approach they've taken. Um, It also allows an advertisable price. It allows you to advertise the Xbox One X really big on the TV with the 8K visuals running at 12 teraflops and then end that advertisement with the price prices from 199 uh, as an example. And then, but your Xbox One X premium, Xbox Series X premium model could be 499, could be 599. I mean, at that point, that that console can be whatever price they decide it to be because it's literally packed with tech. Um, Yeah. Whereas we presume PlayStation are going to take the stand of just one model at launch that's yeah. not quite Xbox One X, but is it going to be well, there's, there's, closer to the Series X, Series S price? We don't know. We need more info, th- don't we? We do, and I think it's going to come over the next couple of months as a lot of events and digital uh, programs announced by various different outlets. Um, one thing I'll say briefly is I think... The only problem with this is it holds back next-gen massively when they try and do ports, but it's always going to happen if you look back at any console generation other than 2D to 3D, and even they had sort of cross-gen games. Yeah, um, You're always going to get it for the first couple of years. Um, so I think recently... I think people... There have been more people of the, the big... Um, the games companies and the and the developers of the consoles themselves. Uh, last time we had this going on, it was 2008-9, and that caused the Xbox 360 and the PS3 to stay well past their normal shelf life. Yeah. Um, are we going to see an extension of that shelf life, or are we going oh, to definitely, see these so. half, yeah. half-breed consoles that allow people the chance to... I mean, fair play to Xbox because they've got scalable tech, which means that, you know, dad, 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 mumsy, dadsy, mumsy, dadsy, I really want a new console for Christmas. And they look at the, let's let's use the Xbox as an example because we know more about 
their plans. They look at they go in the Argos catalog and they look at the Xbox One X and like, oh my goodness gracious me, we're going to have to look Johnny in the eye and tell him we can't get him one. But then on the left hand yeah. side of the Argos catalog, they see the Xbox Series S, which I believe is its name, the pared down version of the Series X, and it's it's affordable, and you can have play they, Fortnite. Have they confirmed on. this Series S? Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I was reading it in an article. If I'm wrong, I apologise. But uh, to me, if it did happen, now would be a perfect time for that. Yeah, I think um, I think even if it's rumoured, it, it would be a strong choice to do that. And everyone has the and right. And they've got that smart delivery solution, haven't they? So the game will work on Xbox One X. Yeah. Or Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox allegedly series. Well, See, this is where we'll where say rumor. In. We'll say rumor then. Xbox Series S, and it'll run on Xbox Series X as well. Uh, and you just need to go down Tesco's and buy even. And this is where the price points are going to be a little bit weird because the publisher puts it out on Xbox One. And the yeah. price is thirty nine ninety nine. Do they bother putting it out on Xbox One X, or will it just now be branded Xbox and it will say Smart Delivery and you take it home and you install it? Because what if you're buying that and you don't have access to the internet? What copy of the game's in that box? Yeah, now that's an interesting point, and I think it'd be really nice. That's a great idea about just having that Xbox logo at the top of the box and thinking that's it. That's it, it. It also hides the fact of like this. I've got to have the best thing possible, especially in the school ground, school playground, because you can be like, well, all the boxes just say Xbox. So there's that. It takes away sort of that kind of oh, you're playing it on like the the lowest console. Well, no one knows that until you go home and put it in your older xbox yeah you see what i'm trying to say yeah like, no completely it, it, it takes away that it takes of... away like the the snobbery of it all and and like i'm playing well so what i'm still playing the same game it just doesn't look quite as nice hmm. it's also it... virgin on the realms of like the pc isn't it it's like everyone boosting up their pc to be like the ultimate uh gaming setup or game we're gonna, we're gonna uh, have to see how smart so just my initial question there is how they're going to solve smart delivery if Johnny's room doesn't have internet connection. Um, yeah, good point. Are they if still? Are you still going to be able to get them branded for each console as well? Um, we need more info on that. I'm intrigued. They've yeah, got, they've got they've got me. They've got my attention. Um, yeah. But uh, I think yeah. there's some good talking points there for, for the future and we'll hopefully learn more over the coming months uh, last bit of news go on then me, me wants it try now treated. you're a method actor oh, I want no, you no, to no. come on because no I can't do it I can't do it Andy Circus was in close running do you want to confess that that he was it wasn't a done deal when you were around was it it was a, it was a close run thing so why don't you give us what what would have been your I'm not doing it I can't do it I can't do it. Stage fright. <laughs> Every single time you get stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <sighs> no, not happening. Okay, fair enough. It's like when I auditioned for Lord of the Rings and then my legs went to jelly. 
I sorted myself and had to be escorted off by Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> At least it started your relationship with Ian McKellen. It did. Wonderful times. Anyway, we've been treated <laughs> we've been treated to some new very nice looking screenshots of Daedalic's Entertainment's Lord of the Rings Gollum game. The game is due for release in 2021 on PC, Xbox Series X and PS5. The screenshots have come under criticism, though, along with a lot of next-gen footage this week for how disappointing it looks. Uh, I just think that is the usual salty gamer reaction, though. Uh, if you've owned any of the console over any generation, you should know the differences are always slow to start with. And then it kind of picks up and we start seeing what the next-gen's really capable of. What, I don't want to sound too salty. I don't want to sound yeah. too salty. Um, but I went and had a look at those. Yeah. And I was confused as to why they would put them out this early in its development for people to say, well, that's not very impressive. It's like when I saw, I know I'm not an absolute guru on the tech, but going back to the next gen announcements from Xbox, very good of them to be very open as they are. Uh, but when I saw the sort of grid footage, I was like, well, that's not, is that, is this not really a million miles away from where we are? So we need to be careful in this transitional period, I think. I th- it's yeah, like if I- we showed an early PS2 game and then showed what it was capable of at the end of its life. I mean, some of those early PS2 games are sort of high res PS1 games. Let's face facts. Yeah, yeah. You know, going into these early days, it's very easy to pass judgment on a console and say, oh, that's not very good. Um, but at the same token, I think the developers, if we're wise to it, they should be wise to it and you know, maybe keep things more under wraps. I don't know. Um, I, overall, I thought it looked really nice. I think it's a different style. It's not ultra-realistic. They said they want to go with more of a tone of books because I don't think they've got... I, I they've think got that's the, like, what threw people off a bit more. I think they're expecting to go in there and actually just see screen caps of Lord of the Rings, which yeah, obviously this was yeah. never going to be. It does have a, you know, some of the... If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, there's certain editions of the book that have got these really nice drawings in them, and I forget who the artist is, but it's... Alan Lee. Is it? Is it him? Yeah. I believe so. He's one of the main illustrators who have, or put people who have illustrated it. Over is the he years. from the like the nineteen thirties, forties type era? Possibly. He's quite an old dude because remember seeing him on the documentaries about. Okay, the, so if he's the films. original artist, that's the sort of artwork that I feel they're maybe going for a little bit, which, which is very nice. It's a nod to the six people in our generation that have probably read the book. Uh, yeah. A lot of people just sort of buy the book and then watch the film, and uh, <laughs> guilty as charged, Tom. And they're very—they uh, <laughs> seem—they're uh, not quite the same beast. So if they're trying to play, you, you've got your two target audience for the Lord of the Rings. You've got the absolute fanboys that have watched the films and read the books, and then know everything about it. They've read the Similarian. They've read everything about it. They even memorised the Elven songs. And then you've got the pop culture Lord of the Rings fans that have only watched the movies. They've seen The Hobbit, but they're not that keen on it. And um, but they like I love, it. I love The Hobbit. I think it's a good film. Well, the the three, the trilogy. It should have never been three, but it's uh, it's still entertaining. Tell me how you edit that down to one. The way they filmed it, you can't. Oh yeah, I know. I think they could have done it into two. 
There's a lot of stuff added in there. That's just like, that's not needed. No. It takes 12 hours um, to read the book. Mm, true. But anyway, there's these two camps and the more vocal of the camp, probably because they've got access to the internet and smartphones, is the Lord of the Rings movie fans. So when they hear a Gollum game's coming out and they go there and it doesn't look like Gollum with Andy Serkis, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's that's where the criticism came from, probably. Yeah. Well, people are just spoiled now. I just think, like, people... Oh, the internet is a cesspool, isn't it? Especially at this period in time. It's just... It's horrible. It's a horrible place. Tell you one place that's not horrible. Our Discord chat. Exactly. Everyone's that. positive. We have criticism, but it's constructive. It's we normally just, at me and you, which is for, fair. <laughs> on, this, on this subject, like, quickly going back to The Last of Us Part 2, the, the way people are reacting to stuff is disgusting. Well, I did get a, I did get a heads up um, that the, the Xbox, obviously, we, we're excited-ish for The Last of Us Part 2, uh, and uh, it transpired that people were re- like constantly revealing those Last of Us spoilers in the chat for the uh, Xbox Life event. Fun. Yeah, uh, scumbags. <laughs> Just there's there's no need for that because obviously a lot of people went there because it was the first sight of uh, next gen games. Everyone's it's excited. A, it's a bit like the director of the game said, if you're going to judge a game on an hour's worth of footage and not play it through from start to finish as it is meant to be played, then your opinion is just not valid. Mm. It's just not what about your message to me about how he's been sort of flamed for being a bit of a hard man to work for and all that other stuff? Yeah, maybe is, And I know there's been people who have left... Um, left Naughty Dog for various reasons that we don't, we get a filtered down version, don't we? Or we get Chinese whispers. So we don't know who's to blame, but one thing you shouldn't ever do is be. One thing I would say about that is I hear a lot of noise about studios having to crunch for the last three to six months of a game. Right. Yeah. Now for the first five years of its development, they've been sat around. Now I don't want people to think that, the Naughty Dog Development Studios is like some Chinese sweat house, Tom. We've got <laughs> kitchens with free provided drinks, beverages, sweet bowls, a gym, a real nice place to work. But for the first four to five years of the game's development, they're doing nine till five. This is the same for Rockstar as well. And then they have three to six months of doing overtime to get out a work of art. What... Why is that so bad? They get paid for that time, the overtime they do. And a lot of people out there listening to this show and that play the video games that turn up have to work overtime every single week. Sometimes it's not even optional. Yeah, and yet that's a good point. Developers are getting flamed left, right, and Chelsea because three to six months to get a game out, they have to work overtime and they don't get to see their families. And, well, there's a million industries out there that don't get to see their families. But no one's broken yeah. out in collective uh, t- 
volunteers for that. I just find that. I think there's a lot of bandwagon stuff, isn't there, that goes on on the internet. And once people get hold of a story, they're like, oh, I'm all over that. Initially, I'm like, oh, that's terrible, like workers' rights and everything. And then you start thinking, hang on a minute, you just wrote some really good points there about how people do that on a day-to-day basis for the rest of their working life. So I think... Yeah, who are, who are literally covered in mud, covered in oil from head to yeah. toe, they're eating their pack up from home. They're not eating like a provided buffet. And they're yeah. also not getting a royalty check. And I know this for a fact. Some games, let's say Rockstar, for instance. Yeah. Now, I'd love for someone to get in touch, questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com, and put me right. Uh, and you, your anonymity will be safe. You don't need to put your name in there. Say, I work for Rockstar on this, or I've worked for Rockstar on that, and put me right. But... I believe yeah. you royalty checks for something like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto Five, and their royalty checks for that game still rolling in, Tom, are massive. Yet there's a guy working for time and a half, covered in human feces sometimes, eating his boiled spam sandwich out of some foil. Um, yeah. It's it's a very different environment. Oh, woe is me, workers' rights. Well, yeah, but if you want to get on the internet and wax lyrical about someone's workers' rights, why not start with that guy? The guy who probably hasn't yeah. even got anything more than a Nokia, so his, his pain is silent. Strange. Very strange. And if you're an artist yeah. and you really feel like you're pouring your heart and soul into something, and it's either we crunch for three to six months and we get this out as we envisaged it, or we could just release it now or in another year's time. Uh, what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, I'm an artist. And I believe in my vision, but I, I also want to I want to go home. Yeah. At five instead of six or seven. I don't know. Let us know. Questions at Unofficial Controller Podcast. Tom, if we missed anything or they have an opinion or take on the news that we missed... Uh, and let's face it, after that mini rant <laughs> monologue, I'm sure there'll be a few people jumping off the bandwagon and slapping me round the face with a left wheel uh, or, a, or a right wheel. Um, how would they do that? Uh, you can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Come and join the Discord chat or direct messages or email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Okay, we need to get so, into the feature. Yeah, well, imagine you're a young kid and you came to listen about Minecraft and you listen to someone rant on about being covered in human feces and eating your sandwich out of foil. Uh, that's why I've got chapter markers, Tom. They skip straight to the history of Minecraft and bravo for that. Bravo. Um, Welcome to the let, feature. Yeah, let's start off. Uh, history, the history of Minecraft. Now... This is a little bit of cross-pollination from the YouTube to the podcast, the podcast of the YouTube. Thought we'd give people a bit of an idea as to what this Minecraft's all about. Um, so I'll kick off. Minecraft, the brainchild of Marcus Notch Peterson, born in 1979. He is in the Swedish Mensa, Tom, so he's, he's no slouch ah, mentally. Yeah. And began he's got programming. a good IQ. He's, he's right up there. He's uh, got a big brain, as they say. He began programming on his father's Commodore 128 at the ripe age of seven, producing his first game at the tender age of eight. A humble text adventure, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Tom, 
new listener, but not a new uh, viewer uh, for, our, for our channel. My name is Millie, um, the inventor of the Millie Berries. has messaged in to say this is her memory because obviously we've reached out to the fan community and said if you want to get on the podcast, send us your memory, as we always do every week, and we weave it into the feature. She says, when I first played Minecraft, I tried building a house. I didn't have a roof and immediately died from a spider climbing over the walls. I then made my dad go and creative and build me a house, which he had no idea what he was doing and used nether brick. <laughs> Fair play. Respectful for that. I then got used to playing it and me and my cousin made countless worlds together. Do you know who Millie's dad is? It's a, is it Retro Gamer Thomas? It is. The whole Thomas oh, family. I They're know one my, of the... I know my fan law. You do. The whole uh, Thomas family, Gamer Thomas family, gather around the TV. They're one of the families that gather around the TV with their tray tees. But Donna, turn it up. You're in the game room. He's got a he's got a craft ale there. Look at him, sport little rat. You know, getting his shoulder rub. Millie bringing him through the craft ales on a cushion with pink uh, with gold tassels on the side of it, kneeling down at the foot of Gamer Thomas's throne, presenting him with another game-themed craft ale, no doubt. Uh, so we must say thank you to everyone that messages in, didn't we, really, for what they do and how they do it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, well, back to the feature. with the next bit? Yeah. Uh, well, Marcus Notch-Peterson released the game known as Minecraft, then known as Cave Game back in 2009. This was released on PC and was attractive to people who like to code and design gaming worlds. It was more of a developer tool than a game for most people at that point, and users could go in and create what they wasted uh, using the basic blocks that had been set up by Peterson. Once it started to gather momentum, the creator released it into an updated format known as Minecraft. But this game was very basic and a far cry from the game we know today on PC and consoles. Early versions of Minecraft allowed for more than just building. What made the game so unique is that it was a resource management simulation. It allowed players to gather the resources they needed to create, so the creations meant more to them uh, since they had to build them with parts they'd collected on their own. Now, just let me stop you there. If you want to play a very, very early version of what Minecraft actually is, I think if you just type into um, Google Minecraft browser version, the very, very first or second iteration of Minecraft is there. And I tell you what, you won't be playing it for more than a couple of minutes. <laughs> it's, very, it's very, very basic. It's very, very basic indeed. Ah, okay. So um, that sounds... Uh... Like it had a few, it sounds a very similar setup to Doom, how it started out very, it was available to people, but in a very strange sort of limited way and has gone on to be this massive, massive title. Yeah. That's quite cool. Nice to learn about that. You always do on our features. We, we try and do a lot of research on the history and how things came to be. So uh, credit to... Uh, James, the work experience boy, who spends many hours slaving away on that. Don't forget to prop Phil, because he's dragged us up into the very highest echelon of sound levels these days. He has, yeah. Well, getting back to it, you can see the influence on this mechanic uh, in any game of today. Other games had players gathering resources before, but not usually to directly build something block by block with their own digital hands. The early signs 
of Minecraft as we know it today existed. Uh, though you could also fight monsters around the world, craft items that you could use, and explore as a vast, procedurally generated open world. Minecraft stayed in its beta form for a long time, probably longer than any game ever. The speculation at then time that it would never come out of beta either. As new features were always being added and the owner just kept tweaking the project as new ideas came to him, um, players started to make suggestions. There's many, many things that were going to be in the game that never made the game that notch. But presumably it was swamped with ideas with people like, yeah. oh, put this in the game, put that in the game, put this in the game. And it's like, oh, well, that's not a great idea, but that is, and that is, and that is, but I'm not putting that in. And out of some of those ones that he said he was going to put in, some made it. And some didn't like he was, he he was uh, he was adamant he was going to put siege weapons in the game, you know, like catapults and oh, cool things yeah, like yeah. that. Never made it in. He said mm. they'll be in the next update. We're still waiting. And not, <laughs> not sure as we'll find out, doesn't even work there anymore. So uh, wow, strange. Uh, we've got a, a listener comment again uh, from uh, C Pliskin. Thanks for getting in touch as usual. Made a lot of progress with a large wooden skyscraper. Reminds me that I should probably finish that now. It's officially six years old. <laughs> uh, Josh Joycon. Now, you're going to get a clap. I, I check back. I don't know if you are or not, but let's just pretend that you are. New listener. I don't know if it counts, but I recently got a Minecraft story mode. Uh, I'll leave a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning here. Skip forward 30 seconds on your device. But I legit got sad that Ruben died. Uh, as for Minecraft itself, I only played it on the Wii U with the Fallout texture pack. It was uh, kind of awesome, though, almost like an officially... Oh, I think that that did actually include a Fallout texture pack and the Mario skin, and then he was alluding to the Mario skin, making it look almost like an officially licensed Nintendo fan game. What are you doing? Are you rolling yeah. around on the floor as a medium of art now, or are you back with Sorry, me? I'm oh. here. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Um... Minecraft Story Mode, another telltale game. Uh, I like the way they actually show people interacting with the crafting tables and things in that. If you haven't seen that, you need to go check it out on YouTube, actually showing how, uh, in their mind, the crafting table works. You know, we're laying the items down and putting the other item down. They kind of forge together. uh, So, So when you say you're, like, close to finishing it or you're trying to finish it, are you playing this story mode or are you just playing like Minecraft as in you just... Minecraft you story started. mode is a telltale game. Minecraft it's survival completely. is uh, basically like a, a roguelike game, but you get to craft a world. You get to, it's The world stays the same and your stuff that you've created stays in there. So the longer you play in the game, obviously the more stuff you get, the less hard it is to start out every time because you've got a house yeah. and you've got other bits and bobs. Sure. Um, but as we'll get through, there is, there is an end game to Minecraft. Uh, okay. Takes a bit of getting to, but um, it is possible. Okay. Well, we better get Thank you for your comment, to, uh, Josh Joycon. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, the beta stage began in 2010, and uh, Notch had stopped his full-time job working for someone else to work full-time on Minecraft, adding new features, updating the game and fixing bugs. Or new versions of the game cost money, all bug fixes were free during the development cycle. The beta phase only began in earnest once publisher Mo Yang, is that Mo right? Yang, Mo Yang. You say Mo, Mo, Mo Yang, I say Mo Yang. Uh, Mo Yang grew interested on the project and began to fund its development. 
they would eventually go on to release a full version of the game in 2011. It sold millions of copies and spawned a worldwide phenomenon, but there were still lots of new and exciting developments for Minecraft. Once the game was published, new updates were still made and duck bugs were being dealt with. New server hosts were put in place, allowing the game to run smoother and do a lot more with its processing power. The world expanded in size as players tried to travel across a seemingly endless digital space. It was designed to go on endlessly, and new areas were added to make the game more interesting. The Nether and the End were added to the base world. The Nether is a hell-like, everything-on-fire sub-dimension that's only accessible via a portal crafted using obsidian and a flint and steel. Uh, the first person to work out that and travel to the Nether must have had his mind blown. Uh, yeah. the, the, I mean, can you imagine that? You, you, you're smoking around in the game, you've gone and got some obsidian, something happens and it sets on fire, and uh, all of a sudden the purple, like, void fills the gap and you're like what's that you jump in it and then all of a sudden you're not in minecraft anymore you're in a place where everything's on fire very strange the end is a series of islands inhabited by uh, my favorite uh, bad guy in um, minecraft the enderman on which the final boss of the game resides called the ender dragon once the boss is defeating the game is completed but players can continue to go back to their world and explore the game environment after beating the game. Now, as ah, parenthesis there, although the game is infinite, I've seen several videos on YouTube where people have pushed past a certain amount of blocks. The game won't let them go any further. I mean, it, it, the game world is huge that you develop in these in, in a Minecraft spawn. But there is a point in time where the something goes weird with the scale like you put a block down and instead of being a full-size block it's kind of like three quarters of the block or if you put an item down it's like sort of morphed across three blocks instead of just one so there kind of is a limit to way how far you can go but it's about four or five times the surface of the earth if not more so yeah good luck with that ah okay I think on versions of like on the Vita, you do hit like a on the Vita. I've definitely hit uh, like a glass wall, like the Truman yeah. Show. But uh, <laughs> on other versions, PC, I would say, for example, there's a way to kind of force past that and keep, yeah. keep it going. Cool. So uh, yeah, pretty infinite in a way. Yeah. Um, where are we? First of all. Uh, they started to put Minecraft onto their systems, the Xbox 360 and Xbox One. No. You, are we not? No. Have I missed you, a little you bit? skipped a bit. I'll, I'll do that. And you can you keep your finger in the script. Script. Uh, Mojang okay. put on a few different versions, of, put out a few different versions of Minecraft while they had the publishing rights, releasing a free-to-play version known as Classic Minecraft on PC. That's the one I mentioned earlier. Along with the full oh. version they had uh, put most of their publishing power behind. 2014, Microsoft bought Minecraft for Marcus Pearson, aka Notch, for 2.5 billion. Uh, not wow. a bad, not a bad <laughs> payday. Uh, many fans were sad and outraged that Minecraft was no longer in its original owner's hands, and many worried that Microsoft would ruin the game. However, people soon realised that the changes made were not drastic, and the game would keep its original feel. Microsoft has adopted a wait and see attitude for development on Minecraft. It's a new IP for them, and they're very careful about how they're pushing forward and where their development priorities need to be. Just before you launch in there, I think it's important to note that uh, Microsoft have done an absolute stellar job with their handling of Minecraft. Um, And 
the new biomes that they've brought in and the new sort of items and bits and bobs that you can craft and the things that you can do have just been so eloquently done. Uh, Microsoft showing some some great emotional and commercial intelligence there. Bravo. Yeah. I think um, they've obviously handled the situation well because it's a big paying that amount of money. You're soon going to get some hate, aren't you, if you start changing things well, when you get to find decisions. out in when you get to find out their plan for Minecraft, your head will explode. Okay. Well, first of all, they put Minecraft onto their systems, the Xbox 360 and Xbox One. They to bring in the same game to the PlayStation and the Wii U. It's even on mobile platforms and Windows 10 at this point. And Microsoft is showing no signs of slowing down with the publishing and development plans for Minecraft. Uh, uh, that can game is he a new listener yeah. Tom let's say he is new listener Minecraft Vita is where it's at uh, perfect emoji perfecto emoji I think that's off the fact of uh, when I did my post the only physical copy I've got on Instagram is uh, Minecraft Vita but uh, you know they like it he liked it he likes he likes uh, Minecraft on the Vita as well. So thank you for messaging, Dad can game. The uh, game has expanded beyond its single game roots. Minecraft has Telltale Games with create tasked Telltale Games with creating Minecraft Story Mode, which is a single player story based game that plays mostly like an interactive story, as is the norm for the Telltale series. Do you understand where that's at now? I do. Yeah. Yeah, an education. Me understand. Me understandio. An educational edition of the game was also released to be used in classrooms, and its focus was more on exploring and building than combat. Uh, something makes me feel like we were still wish we were still at school, Tom. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> the day video games gets into the classroom. Uh, Microsoft continues to support the base Minecraft game with skin packs, which offer new looks from them for the major characters. Players can dress their characters up as characters from Star Wars, Doctor Who, Harry Potter, even Mario on the Switch. No matter what fan base a person belongs to, they are likely to find a Minecraft skin that will interest them. Dozens of these have been released already with many, many more on the way. Uh, got some listener comments here, Tom? Yeah. Can lead we've got, in, who we've uh, got? Not heard from him for a while, but good to good to hear Daddy Zilla again. Daddy Zilla eighty. Haven't had a chance to spend much time with it, so my fondest memories are of George streaming so far. The request for help to get out of a hole that Devin Zilla thirteen has dug himself into. LOL, Devin Zilla loves it though. Cool. Devin Zilla presents you. on YouTube as uh, the young man's yeah. unboxing channel. Uh, Daddy Zilla's son, the whole Zilla family. Uh, Trey T the whole bag of tricks. Uh, Boba Loba, the birthday birthday boy, boy. in his swaggers with a tin of rum and a pop Funko of me and you. Your YouTube (laughs) series has reignited some love for, what did I call them? Funko Pomp? Funko, there's a deep cut uh, for January. Uh, Funko Pomp of me and you. Funko Pomps. Your your YouTube series has reignited some love for minecraft we've had some great times as a family playing together in the same world building houses and stuff i love the creativity and the freedom to play uh is however however you want the survival is where it's at but creative is great for figuring stuff out or just chilling it's easy to get lost in minecraft that's for sure 
Yeah, I think um, it's surprising how many people use it as co-op as well, isn't it? To just build worlds together. I mean, mm. you can take on more ambitious projects and things as well in that way. Like I've seen a lot of football stadiums or like replicas of, I don't know, Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings. Well, I see there's like a some Harry Potter fans have got together to recreate. Massive. Um, oh, my goodness Hogwarts. gracious. Yes, I was going to say my brain's let me down, but Hogwarts, but to a real finite level, you know, it's got the Chamber of Secrets in it. It's got the way you access it through the taps in the bathroom and all the different moving staircases. And I think they've even got like um, you get on the station and you take the train to Hogwarts and then you come across in the boats. Uh, I implore anyone to try and find that on YouTube because it's just a nod to the versatility of what minecraft can do it's absolutely bonkers isn't it it's just crazy yeah absolutely i know uh, i know someone like you would be like cfax graphics but dig past that and some of us who aren't just here for going wow doesn't that look photorealistic and it's actually quite a good game to play i have uh, played the game back in the days of the wii u um and i did find it enjoyable i just lost interest after. how did you play it though what were you what mode I just did the creative one where I was just doing what, I, like building my own stuff. And I'm an artist, I, George. I go in yeah. there and use a palette to express myself. I've, I've, I think I've tried it with Minecraft, Mario Maker, Dreams. I just, I do enjoy them and I find them quite relaxing to play. Um, but I lose interest in them very quick. I implore you. I implore you to play it on survival. I've heard it's tough, yeah. Um, that's where the actual game is. Like, creative's like, yeah, I can stack this block on that block. I'll, let, I'll rummage through the Lego bin. Oh, there's a window. I'll use that. In survival, survival you, you have to make out, all that. You? Yeah, yeah, you, you have, you have you, nothing. I think I've probably got, like, survived the first night on the Wii U. For the, for the uh, got the trophy. Yeah. Well, um, just to give you an idea in survival now, I found a I found a mountain and I've built on top of it like a huge skull, which is like my lookout area. And then I've got it ripping its ripping I've made some hands and I've got it ripping open the centre of the mountain and in there I'm gonna put a, a a nether portal. So it looks like it's ripping this mountain's got a skeleton embedded in it and it's out. ripping its chest open and inside is a nether portal. And that's my um, new I started off all quaint with a little farm and some dogs and some animals. And that was very good, but that was our start. Horrible. And now we've got our forever home that fits our new, uh, persona. Uh, much like this show ever changing. Well, we've got another, <laughs> we've, we've got another listener comment, uh, press start gaming. When the game first came out on 360, a few mates and I spent countless hours on it. We decided to build the red city. This was before creative mode too. So we built the portal to the nether and spent the next two weeks mining probably 300,000 nether rack blocks and then spent the next three weeks building Red City. It was phenomenal. It had a huge castle on top of the hill and surrounding the bottom was a school, shops, homes, stables, an inn, barracks, shooting range, storage houses and a clock tower, all made out of nether uh, rack and stone. As a finishing touch, it was all completely surrounded by a tall nether rack wall. It was phenomenal. Fast forward a few years, and I decided to sell my 360 to get a PS3 so I could play the exclusives I missed on. Uh, so I that I missed, and the Red City was no more. 
Yeah, nice again to see sort of a, a team built project there. Uh, Doogie McBain, another loyal listener. Are you I've going got straight Minecraft. in, are you? I am. I got okay. Minecraft for the PC when it was uh, in its beta after seeing a few, few videos on YouTube. Little did I know it would become the hugely popular bear moth it is now. Don't play it often now, but when I do, it's a marathon session. So hard to put down once you get started. George's YouTube streams have helped spark a bit more interest in the game for from me, so thank you for that. Wow, okay. Well, thank you for messaging in, Doogie. He collects his fans like he collects blocks in Minecraft. Wow. Dug out, all dug f- out the earth. All four of them. The all four yeah. of them. Um, there have been, <laughs> been rumours of a sequel for almost as long as the game's been out of beta. After all, this original game's almost a decade old at this point. It makes no sense that as one of the best-selling games of all time, it receive that it would not receive a follow-up. So far, updates, remasters, and spin-offs seem to be the only thing coming down the pipeline. And Microsoft is hesitant to put dish out any concrete details on a sequel. Everyone in the industry seems to feel that one will come, but they don't know when. Microsoft is more concerned with protecting their brand and making the most of what they have already with this game rather than making a quick book with a sequel. They paid good money for the brand and the game, so it makes sense they will take their time with a sequel and make something that will propel the brand forward for another decade. They're still making a lot of money off the base game. It's many versions and DLC, downloadable content. There's no rush to get a sequel out on store shelves, and so many people are still spending money on the original and loving it. Question, do we even need a sequel? Why not just keep advancing what we've got? Well, I think with Next Gen, and especially if Xbox said, right, it's exclusive to our console, they're going to shift some consoles with that, aren't they? Imagine if it had like a, an upgraded graphics pack. I'm not saying go realistic. I'm saying just in well, maybe in if you read, sort of, maybe if you did your homework and read the script ahead of time, we'd get to that. Okay. Why don't you I've, Why don't you not slip go in with another uh, with another listener comment? Fins the gamer. I haven't played Minecraft in a, a long time, but I'm reconstructing building on Minecraft Pocket, such as the. Resident Evil Mansion. Is Minecraft Pocket a, a mobile version? Yeah, it's the same as the console version. There's, there's a couple of versions. I think there's the PC version, and then yeah. the ones that are on, definitely the one that's on PlayStation 4, iOS, Wii U, Switch. They're all one version. I think it's called okay. Bedrock Edition. Um, yeah. There you go. I also did play uh, co-op with my cousin, but we mainly just saw how deep we could dig underground through the mines. Watching your streams has really made me want to re-download and play it through. I imagine I'll be neck deep, deep in that in no time. Ah, Gazelus Games. Uh, ever the egotist. My favourite memory is, of course, the Gazelus Games flower. He's referencing the NHS live stream of the game that I did. Uh, and I Phil, Phil, the producer, said if me and Gazelus Games were to get in the same room, yeah. there would be a portal open to the nether. <laughs> I think if you and Gazelus Games could actually, uh, you could, you should, you should do a podcast together. Yeah, I have to keep my distance. I have to keep my distance. You're well, you the, could, you're you the guy. Socially distance him like you do from New York to me. We could make it happen. Hmm. You're on the edge of uh, 
I know you've got the window open, traffic's uh, at a minimum in New York at the moment, and I can hear the birds in Central Park in the background. It's uh, it's quite an idyllic life you lead, really. It is, yeah. As we've said before, you are the workhorse of the show. I'm the show horse of the show. Very much. Who's <laughs> 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 next? Mark Garage, Mark.Garage.Gamers, the man that predates the internet, but his parents were forward thinkers. My only memory, oh, we must say, check out the Garage Gamers on YouTube. Uh, they've got a channel. Checked into one of their streams the other day. Enjoyed it. Uh, my only memory of the game are awesome lessons by George during lockdown. I've never been interested before. This is very much the George show. This is This is my one chance to shine uh i've never been interested in the game before but the passion he asked for it comes across and he hooked me from the beginning i felt compelled to tune in for the adventures of wayne rest in peace gaz's flower and the quest for the nether one day i'll start my own adventure promise diamond diamond emoji thanks mark gauge gamers always um like listening to, or reading your comments uh very grateful you always chime in uh on to the back to the history of, should I say, Microsoft's plans right now for Minecraft. Uh, at least as far as they have told anyone, is that they are prioritizing those platforms where the players are most heavily concentrated. So 360, Xbox One, and Windows 10 are all getting priority over all other platforms, whether or not as many players. Once the player base on other platforms grow, then those players will become a priority for Microsoft as well. What this means for players on those consoles and platforms that Microsoft is actively supporting is that they will receive regular updates. They can enjoy features like Realms, which will let players uh, rent a dedicated server. This will allow them to connect with friends and family without the host ever being online and create a persistent world for them to play around in. That's that's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, I think there's a little... Although, will it result in family arguments of like, why have you made that? Why have you destroyed that? Well, you know, that's that family go. life, isn't it? Why do you yeah. want to stop to that? Yeah, that's true. Such Minecraft a control freak, of... Tom. Yeah. Well, don't go in the I realm mean... unless I'm there because you might do something that I don't like and then I'd have to delete what you've made and then it has to I live here in my vacuum-sealed apartment free of anyone. So things like that upset me. You and the wife just communicate through a, a thin plastic membrane. That's correct. <laughs> like Michael Jackson or something. <laughs> he all away. As soon as it all kicks off, he's like, Britain's dangerous, so I'm flying to New York. New York's dangerous. Turn on the uh, turn on the lockdown facility. I'm staying in my New York apartment. Yes. <laughs> what this uh, where where did we get to? Um, Minecraft is one of the games that allows cross platform play, which is awesome. So people everywhere can enjoy cooperative worlds together. In the That's first good. instance, uh, Xbox and Nintendo got together uh, on a Minecraft advert just to showcase that they had the cross-platform play and Sony didn't, which was another barb in Sony's side, wasn't it, for opening up their ecosystem? Yeah, I think Sony needs to start playing nicely a bit more, don't they? From a business point of view, from a business point of view... Uh, if you had a market-leading product, and that's not me beating down on anybody, that they're just the stats this gen, why would you want to allow your players to leave your ecosystem? You wouldn't, would you? As a businessman, no. talking to a businessman, if your business was this and everybody else that had a competing product was like, well, we can share between each other, then you were like, yeah, that, that's, that's great. 
but then there was a bit of a pile on and they had to relent, didn't they? I can see it from both sides of the I can see it from both I can see it from a gamer side. We all want to play together and that that's fair. Yeah. And and as we often say as gamers, we sometimes forget that these businesses only make these games and consoles because they make money out of it. Uh, and we often forget that. Uh, and I can see it from a business side where they're like, well, that's great for you guys, but we're not doing that because we don't want to open up our ecosystem. We don't want them to be able to get so far on a game on Fortnite or Minecraft and then sell that console and buy another one and that'd be okay. We, we don't want that to happen. No, 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 no. Um, so I, I totally get it. But uh, And probably behind the scenes, let's face it, Sony's server systems and especially with the integration of the PS3 into their online platform probably made it very, very difficult and very painful for them to actually open up their ecosystem. Um, that's the other thing people seem to forget. The old Sony consoles are based around very Japanese ideas of how a console works. The PS3 being very hard to develop for, they had their rather shameful hack, if you remember, didn't they, where PSN went down because they got hacked? Yeah. And I think that yeah. caused them to put a lot of um, gateways and subsystems in to stop that happening again. Um, and that probably made it very difficult to undo and then therefore open up cross-party play. Just uh, my 10 penneth for its worth. Should I lead okay. in with the next listener comment? You better take him because he's your biggest fan. <sighs> well, to be honest, if God is my biggest fan, I'm doing something right. The Chronicles of a Gamer and forever how he will be known on the show, a.k.a. God, the man with more platinums than a African dictator with a platinum mine and 4,000 child slaves. He's built his very throne out of platinum. My only memories of Minecraft is by watching George. That's you. Oh, I like that. That's worked out well, hasn't it? Play it. Your sweet colour commentary and the greatest dog ever uh, made it a very cool experience. Sorry for that. The pain of loss felt forever. I'm on. I'm three dogs down now. The final dog's death was the most painful. And he says, for Wayne, the honey-like words of Chronicles of a Gamer, a.k.a. Bobby's World Podcast, resonating out there. Very sweet. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, getting back to it. The Here's the answer to your question from earlier. Tom. I did, yeah. Very good. I, I just thought this was a rumour, so I never really realised it was a, no, no, a it's, thing. It's legit, baby. The Super Duper Graphics Pack is another big change for Minecraft. It improves the graphics to never-before-seen heights and adds in all sorts of dynamic lighting effects, including ray tracing, and the results are spectacular. It dramatically changes the look of Minecraft without changing the beloved mechanics at all. This new downloadable pack makes the game more aesthetically appealing and helps to set a mood for the game that wasn't previously possible. Players don't have to worry about this changing up the classic look of Minecraft, though. This update is entirely optional, and players can keep the same look they now have known and loved for years if they want. Microsoft is moving forward with updates like this, uh, with their focus on allowing players to play and experience Minecraft any way they want to. 
Exposing so, the code. Uh, yeah, exposing the code for players is another feature that Microsoft is testing out with players. This allows Minecraft users to customize the game to their liking, uh, liking open, altering mod behaviors and other aspects of how the game functions. I know plans to allow players to customize the skins or graphics in any way, and that's understandable on Microsoft's part. They know a lot of people would abuse that kind of power and make creations that are not in line with the brand Microsoft is going for. Microsoft is always changing. Uh, Minecraft is always changing. Not all of those changes will be required for everyone right away, but you can bet that no single version of the game will stay the same for long. The developers just won't allow it with such a beloved brand. You can bet that Microsoft has big plans for the franchise moving forward, but they are staying tight-lipped about sequel and spin-offs. Microsoft has already been very clear that they have a 100-year plan with this franchise. I know. I, I had to yeah. triple, double, and quadruple check that um, because a company with a 100-year plan for a franchise, Tom, is... <laughs> well, you spent $2.5 billion for it, so you're going to want to see I think that. They've been down, yeah, I think they've been down in the mines too long with that sort of thinking at some point that means a sequel will come down the line but there is obviously no rush to disrupt the current user base uh, beyond growing and feeding uh, with new content for what they already have we can expect big things from minecraft in the coming years but it's hard to say right now exactly what form that will take uh taking us to the bridge tom comic picture 79 aka adam the artist aka Comic forward slash comic picture 79 on Insta. If you, Tom, wanted a, a man who finishes games or, well, you see, what I want is a picture of me carrying Ruff, one of the dogs that died in a big battle in a in a wood. I want this to be hyper-realistic as well, not just Minecraft gra- graphics. Me carrying a dead dog that's literally laid its life down for a, to, to keep a golden, my golden horse-armoured horse alive. And me. Oh, the horse armor. And I'm carrying it. I'm carrying its its corpse. I'm crying. It's raining. There's mud. There's blood. Uh, that's what. I, that's what I want from for Adam's next piece of art. Uh, I don't think he's overly interested in drawing Minecraft nor Minecraft. But anyway, he says I'm still going to enjoy the show. Obviously, but I've never played Minecraft in any way other than to help my son learn the controls. I am, however, looking forward to Minecraft Dungeons this month, and that. Eloquently as ever, Comic Picture 79, a man of elegance and taste and a, a word craft almost equal to his art craft, leads us into Minecraft Dungeons, the Diablo-like take uh, Minecraft or Minecraft Diablo take, I think would be the better way of wording it, of the using the Minecraft skins of the, the characters with the armor and the, the bad guys, the skeletons, the zombies, the pillagers and the, and the blazes and the withers and the endermen and all that. And you go in through a procedurally generated dungeon collecting loot. Um, it doesn't appeal to me, but it's an expansion of the brand in line with their hundred year plan. Uh, are you going to check that out, Tom or not? Uh, that did actually interest me when I saw it. I believe it was, some time ago at Xbox's last E3. Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, back end of May yeah. it comes out, so that's uh, exciting stuff. I, I thought it looked great. I think it's. Um, I think it'll transition well to that genre, and I think it'll maybe bring people who have never played like a, a Diablo-style dungeon crawler to um, to give it a try. Fisher Price, my first dungeon crawler. Or is that a bit harsh? Said, No, no. I think that's weighed it up in one. Doesn't nice. mean it's a bad game. It just means it's a it's a good stepping stone into that uh, type of game. So yeah, 
I think that'll, I think that'll do all right. Okay, well, that's us uh, reeling from the batch of Colonel Tom merch he had, or Captain <laughs> Tom merch he had last week. Tom, any ideas what the Ray's been... Oh, I didn't tell you this, did I? It's part of me setting up my retro set. Um, I uh, stumbled across quite a few, but I'm missing some of my VHSs. I'm missing my Aliens. I had them individually. I had Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. They've gone missing in the transition. And I also had a Ghostbusters 1 and 2 um, double set on VHS. So I'm looking to get those back. I've bought, I've bought Frighteners, uh, which I've got on DVD, but I've bought that on VHS because I, I really like that film. So I, think, I remember renting that on VHS. What, from the Ray? No, no, uh, uh, mate's... Uh, the Frighteners. It, it's not. It is. It is an old film, obviously, but it's. It's not Stingray rental age. I tell you one thing. Well, inspired by my uh, VHS uh, renewed love, because uh, I watched the Truman Show last night on VHS. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it on a little screen as well. Uh, just like the olden days. And I've, this is what I was going to tell you the other day, but I thought I'd save it for on air. I've made, uh, I went online and found a, uh, a sleeve artwork of a VHS rental tape. And I've printed it off and I've actually put it inside an empty VHS case I had. So now when I get a video for one corner of the room, I open up the official box that it's in, put it in the blockbuster box and carry it the six foot to the TV to give me that vibe, and uh, I eat sweets and watch VHS, Tom. There's a little insight into the, the rather slightly eccentric world. this will be good you. for lockdown twins soon for you. How dare you? <laughs> so inspired by that, he's actually gone back to his warehouse and filled his boot with VHSs. Any fans that are listening that have got proper shop-bought VHSs that they don't want anymore, get in touch, and I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. Questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or slap down some info in the Discord or the social medias. Here he comes, Tom. The spring's on the back of that um, bluebird looking like they haven't been weighed down like this since the mid to late 80s. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefriend all this week. These are the new release highlights for the week, May 4th to May 10th, 2020. Listeners, these are out digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region dependent. Tom, I've already said out loud what my VHS pick is because it happened in real life, uh, but I'll, I'll save it again. We'll reuse that. Like TV is reusing content at the moment because they can't film anything new. I'm surprised we haven't had Dad's Army wall to wall on the BBC. Um, I think I know my mummy, mummy, which is our choice from the boot of the games. And like I say, I've already picked my VHS. Have you have you picked one? Anna VHS? No, they're all terrible. No, they're not. You got a terrible. Pick- okay, terrible. Well, I'll lead off. Switch still manages to wheel out stuff. Uh, yeah, all XPC games for the for the Switch you should yeah. their pile, but there you go. For those going for a full physical Switch collection, uh, 
I'm sorry, but it's going to end in tears and bankruptcy. John Wick Hex, PS4, May 5th. John Wick Hex is a fast-paced, action-orientated strategy game that makes you think and strike like John Wick, the professional hitman of the critically acclaimed film franchise created in close cooperation with the creative teams behind the films. This is my bit where I get to pretend to be movies, games, and videos, isn't it? It is. Can I do them all? No. We'll do one each, <laughs> if you want. I, I No, I'd quite happily let you do them all if you want. Okay. Sunday, you'll return. PC, May 5th. Sunday, you'll return is a story-driven psychological horror game about a desperate search for a missing daughter deep in the woods where you swore you'd never return. Brought to you by the creative duo behind J-U-L-I-A, Julia, Among the Stars. This one's for you, Tom. I can see this being your mummy mummy, to be fair, if you want me to give you a top tip. <laughs> Seriously, it looked like your kind of game. Okay. And the name kind of uh, leads into... Oh, okay. Arboria. See what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> Arboria. Begin your journey in this dark fantasy roguelite as a warrior, a Jotun. Descend into the changing Durnar and uncover the mysteries of your tribe. Is a variety of symbolic weapons to fight enemies and mutate to become even stronger. You say symbolic, I say symbiotic. Comes out May 7th <laughs> on PC. Fledging Heroes Switch, May 7th. Leap from the nest into a fun-filled adventure. Meet feathered... My eyes are going. Meet cute feathered friends. Each That's the excuse for the last 51 episodes. <laughs> and you're sticking by it now. Each with their own wondrous story to tell as they dodge dastardly pirate lizards. Uh, dash through frozen forests, dive under sunken temples, and flap their way from fledglings to fully fledged heroes. This is my mummy, mummy. The next one, I okay. think it transitions. I think it would transition well uh, to the Switch and our very own Adam the Artist, aka Comic Picture Seventy Nine, when we were doing listener reviews, when we were trying and you know dipping and tasting on different content ideas. We had the listeners message in with their reviews of games, old, new. We didn't exclude anyone or anything, did we? And he comes in, uh, or they come in with Lonely Mountains Downhill on the Switch, May 7th. Just you and your bike. Take on a thrilling ride down an unspoiled mountain landscape. Make your way through thick forests, narrow trails, and wild rivers. Race, jump, slide. Try not to crash all the way from peak to the valley. Uh, I thought you'd have got behind that, but uh, no, no, no. I think, um, yeah. I'm just thinking it would be a well great game. Switch. You could you could lob it in your backpack, uh, wrapped in cling film. No, well, that's not going to protect it against damage, is it? Wrapped in, wrapped in <laughs> cotton wool, right? Go for a ride on your bike through a wood, fast-paced, get to some beautiful scenery. Again, inspired much like Adam the Artist. He's gone for an unspoiled bike ride in lockdown to the Scottish coast. He's then reached into his back of his bag. He's pulled out his switch light that uh, gets switched on. Another listener's hooked him up with. His family's been hooked up with a, get, with a switch light. Did you see that on I Instagram? Did, I, I did see that. That's a very, very nice. kind right. man. He's get switched yeah. on. I, you know, I've had a few chats with him online and he's, he's a very lovely, very, very lovely man. Um, so yes. Adam's gone for a bike ride. He's pulled out his freshly acquired switch light. He's played Lonely Hills down, 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 Downhill, Lonely Mountains Downhill. He's lobbed it back in his backpack, in his camel pack. Always found those names a little odd. Uh, camel pack toe. He's then lobbed it back in there, and he's, he's then ridden home. 
and he's, he's had a, a fully embraced bike downhill session. Ah. So that's why I'm thinking it's a good game for him. It's a good game for you. It is, yeah. Uh, you, you probably go on a Zoom ride around New York City Centre, do you not? What's it <laughs> of called? Course is it I called do. Zoom or Zoom or whatever it's called? What's the next game anyway? Shut me up, please. I'm just looking for my VHS, VHS in the boot. Could you take okay. the next one, please? Okay, well, I'll take my VHS to buy you a little bit of extra time. My VHS is... Um, You've had yours. You've had yours. The Truman Show, yeah. Brilliant. And the next game out of the boot, Wavy the Rocket, PC, May 7th. Players Wavy the Rocket as he tries to stop the moon from being destroyed by an evil corporation that removes fizz from soda. A precision side-scroller like no other, it's handcrafted and set to some seriously funky hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Are you there? That's that done, so I'm waiting for you to... Shall I just keep going until you've picked no, no, a VHS? No, I've got my VHS ready. Okay. Uh, Megabyte Punch on the Switch, May 8th. Megabyte Punch is a fighting beat-em-up game in which you build your own fighter. As you travel through different environments, you battle other creatures to get their parts. You're rolling around on the floor again. Parts have their own powers and bonuses like gun arms for a shoot ability or powerful hips for a devastating pelvic thrust attack. This last game, Tom, by the way. Sorry about that. I was signing all my autographs. Signed copies of my memoirs. Wow. That's as thin as a piece of wafer-thin ham. (laughs) Um, This last game really looks like the sort of game you can get behind. You can create, you can share... Um, I'll let you take this one and then your VHS. To, uh, if I were you, I'd advise you, because we're legally obliged to pick a mummy mummy by our sponsors and other things, that you should pick this game, uh, as it will also get you paid out. Okay. Super Mash on the Switch, May 8th. No, you need to, don't forget, Phil, the producer says you have to say, this is my mummy mummy. This is my mummy mummy pick. June's... <laughs> Game shop is in trouble and she needs her brother Tomo's help to save it. Mash together iconic genres to create never-before-seen gaming experiences. Jump through classic platformer levels with a tactical stealth character. Fight as spaceships and engage in JRPG battles and more. Anything is possible with Super Mash's emergent game system, which creates a unique game every time you play. You can even customise your mashes with the help of dev cards. Think the mash you made is impossible... Share its smash code with a friend or streamer and see if it can be beat. How cool is that? Sounds like a good mashup. Sounds like the sort of thing an emotionally intelligent man would pick as his mummy mummy. So well done for you. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> and to go with that, I'm picking up with the all the excitement of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I looked at all the series of Vikings and all the excellent um, stuff out there. Is this on VHS? This would definitely be on VHS. Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis star in The Vikings, 1958 adventure action film. A classic. Wow. Okay. Well, good good call. Good pick. Um, Boot slam. Have you ever seen that one? What was it called again? The Vikings with Kirk Douglas. Similar to Spartacus, but with Vikings. Uh, I think I have as a youngster, but I haven't seen it in the last, say, 10 or 15 years. Okay. Is that is that your spawn, Damien, in the background? It is. <laughs> He's woke. 
He he, well, in every single way that you can imagine, he's woke, is he? No, he's not one of them. <laughs> I, don't want I don't like that. Too okay. many of them in in NYC anyway. Very much. Well, let's let's allow you to go rest your ego and and change your nappy. Bobby will tell you. Bobby yeah. will tell you what it's like. There's a lot of woke. Yes, well, I need to finish his latest episode. Um, what are you hoping to play? Finish The Last of Us, hopefully. Maybe. Okay. It's not a long game, is it? Uh, difficulty ramps up towards the end, which does extend its play, I feel. I am playing it on hard as well, so... Wow, proper bigger boy. Um, well, the section before you get swept along in the underground uh, storm drain... Oh, um, yeah, can be particularly tough. I thought after that, it, the the difficulty seem spike seems to level off a little bit. But uh, mm. yeah, playing that through on hard could potentially be quite difficult. But uh, fair play to you, fair play to you. What, what about else? you? Uh, go to that saying that I'll be doing a at least an hour of Minecraft today, um, and then I'm going to retreat upstairs. Me and the boy. Are you part of the? I, th- I think you're part of the hundred year plan for Microsoft, aren't you? I'm I'm now being woven into the very fabric of the yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, doubtful. Doubtful. If I was a <laughs> footnote in the history of Minecraft, I would feel like my life was complete. It's going to be doubtful. Okay. I could do with the amount of subscribers and viewers that I get times one million, and then I think I'll be somewhere. Uh, one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I downplay that. There's there's lots of people that join that tune in for that, and I am super appreciative. So I don't want to I don't want to sound disrespectful in any way because uh, they take time out their day for me, and uh, I take time out my day for them. So hopefully it's a, a cross pollination of enjoyment, a win win, a win win. Hopefully I'll also be playing some sixteen uh, bit arcade gems, NBA Jam, More Combat Two. Um, I don't know if I ever had, but I seem to remember having a copy of Sewer Shark, but I can't find it, so I've ordered another one. Hopefully that turns up today. Um, other than that, no, I'll just be pouring through the retro selection. I, I'm finding quite fun. I'm finding it quite fun in just peeling back to the very basics of gameplay and playing the 16-bit, 32, and uh, 128-bit, whatever the Dreamcast was era. And and the more simplistic gameplay of it all, especially 16-bit at the moment. I'm really loving it. Um, NBA Jam is an absolute joy. So more of that. Um, maybe some virtual cop this evening. And that'll be, be about done. I don't have anything new on the pile. I have no uh, bigger boy PS4 games currently. I uh, did come down last night and think, oh, I'll play some PS3. Uh, and then ended up watching uh, Adam Coriolak's uh, 32X and Digital Foundry's 32X videos uh, for over an hour, which, uh, yeah, there you go. That's the eclectic life I lead. Is that That's it? Very nice. Is that, that us done? Is that you all gamed out? We've got nothing... There's no cutting-edge games we should be talking about, probably, but, you know, that's the Unofficial Controller podcast. If you came here for sense and reason, you've come to the wrong place. And if you've stayed to this point in time, you're not a fan of sense and reason. Um, But that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate. 